Welcome back to episode six. Hard to believe that Sandy and I have been sitting down now for six episodes of the Sandy Holloway podcast. Very exciting, but that also means something. That means that we are getting closer and closer to election day. November 8th is election day. So as of today, if you are listening to this podcast on Tuesday, October 18th, then that means we are 20 days away until election day. And also that means we are seven days away from early voting. Early voting begins October 25th all the way through November 1st. So lots of exciting things happening, but just a quick plug to keep reminding you guys of those dates and remembering to exercise your right to vote. Even if you are listening to this podcast and you are not living in the city limits of Thibodeau, you still need to exercise your right to vote. And so we just want to keep reminding you guys of that. But in today's episode, in episode six, we are going to take some time to really talk about the heart of what Miss Sandy is all about. Sandy is all about family and family matters to her so much. If you know her her sons, if you know her daughter and her grandchildren, Family is just really important to her. And as a mom, as a wife, as a grandmother, a teacher, Sandy has been an educational leader. And now she has been in the political world on the state level for quite some time now. And so I feel that no one knows better than her on how important family values are. But we want to take it a little bit deeper today in how this relates to safety issues how family systems relate to safety issues. And she's also going to educate us on how this also relates to education and why education is so important. And so we're going to have a few talking points today. But the first thing that I want to dive in with Sandy is I want to talk about crime and safety in our city currently and how this is a key issue and how it's a key issue for families, families in Thibodeau. I want her to talk a little bit and talk to me and educate me on what is her plan to improve the safety in our community. Oh, thank you, Vera. It's so wonderful to be with all of you again. And yes, I do treasure my family as they were growing up to see what they've become today and to have our daughter-in-laws and son-in-law and our eight grandchildren is just a, a beautiful example of what families can be. And it's hard work. Moms out there, it's hard work to raise a family and to instill family values in them because they carry the legacy on, whether it's social values to work values, home character values, and also spiritual values. And that is our foundation of our home to love God, love all people. And I'm on this journey thinking about those values and how important it is for me to instill this in my heart to carry through into this city with all of you moms, dads, families out there, how important that is because we do want a safe environment and to raise our children in this community. But you know, Vera, as I walk the streets and spoke with citizens to my dismay, the stories I heard really were heartbreaking because there are many, many times I can go to bed at night, lay my head and sleep all night without having to worry about myself, my husband, Skip, and my children with you and 
our grandchildren. And uh, walking the streets really opened my eyes and my heart to what actually is taking place in the city because I heard the voices of our citizens and we walked every street. So we heard about break-ins, crime, the speedsters that we even experienced and drug trafficking that's out there. And of course, I had said it before to my dismay how I observed several hundreds of security systems, the video door cans, and of course, the dogs, these beautiful, beautiful animals that were in the homes or in their yards. And I came to the conclusion that our community problems need community solutions. And that's when I just really started thinking about what can the mayor's office do like with partnerships in our community with the local law enforcement. And I had to really think back about our law enforcement and how they put themselves on the line and they're doing hard work and they're in the public eye because we have two different types of, um, officers out there. We have the patrol and we have the investigative side and the patrolmen are out there visible. People see them. And what can a mayor do to help support the system itself along with our communities? And to say that I, I want our community organizations, the clubs out there, our faith-based leaders, our community leaders, and also our business leaders to help identify and implement strategies that reduce crime in all of our neighborhoods and business districts. And I could tell you a couple more, but I'm sure you want to say something in addition to that. Yes, I do. And that leads to when I'm asking you about plans to improve safety, one of the things that we know is education. Education, there's extensive research, and actually recently I was reading an article from New York University that talked about extensive research that had been done, and it was reviewing various journal articles and various, you know, research studies that had been done over the years, and it had, it was stating that we know an increase in educational levels the people in your communities who have higher educational levels, and I'm not just talking about college degree, I'm talking about certifications, I'm talking about also people who are involved in a career in which they needed training, people who start working at a younger age and get, get solid you know, workforce skills. There is a positive correlation that it will improve your crime. It will decrease crime. The crime reduction rate will drop. And that is, that was so interesting to me because the article was titled Education, the Secret to Crime Reduction. And I said, you know what? I need to talk to Sandy about this because education has been her background. It is what she has committed her life's work to. And I really want you to be able to talk about the connection between education and reducing crime. Oh, sure. I'd love to. Through my years of educating children that I loved doing was so important to me and to try to get across to them about having a good education, finishing high school and getting into the workforce to be able to have a high quality of life. And that's what all of this is about, to raise the standards of living. And um, uh, through my study, even as an educator, that we knew that if we could educate just one child and the whole class, it, it meant a whole lot to us because we knew they were on the, the road to um, higher standards of living for themselves and being productive citizens. 
And I want you to know that um, what we see as educators is criminologists even suggest this areas. And one is reduce poverty, but how can you reduce poverty? And is that they need a good education to be able to get into the workforce, to have a good job, and also to have better affordable housing to where they have greater, better living conditions. And, but the next two, it, it, it's right on, is to expand early childhood intervention programs and also improving our schools and schooling for children. We want quality schools. And how can the mayor's office do that programs? And just a tidbit here, we know that the early years matter most for our young children. And it research indicates that 80% of brain development takes place from birth through age three and 90% by age four. And that's why you're going to hear a lot more about early education in our community, in our parish, throughout the state, and how legislatures are speaking about this and to experiences affect development of the brain. And so we as educators and as citizens would need to be well educated and to understand why it's important because quality care and education improves outcomes in health, emotional and social behaviors. However, if you can tone in on this, high quality early care and education can profoundly long-term have positive effects on children, including fewer referrals for special ed services, fewer grade retentions, reduction in teen pregnancies, teen depression, and crime and poverty. So what I'll go here is to support and encourage and engage in a better quality education for early childhood and throughout our city and parish. And it will increase high school graduation rates and is which that uh, you were talking about there with our high schoolers and completing high school and uh, going into the workforce. So, um, and there are other um, line items that I have that, would you like to hear about them, Tara? Yes. Another line item, some other yes, line I items. Yes, I do want you to kind of elaborate a little bit more on that public safety piece. Sure. Um, as I've walked the, the streets of the city and just thought about what is it that we can think out of the box, brainstorm, think, uh, having a vision of what can we do to help eliminate the, the crime and for families to feel safe. And we just recently met up with this gentleman saying, I'm so afraid to go home. Right when I get home, I lock my door and I stay in my home. And I'm going, how, oh, this is really heartbreaking that you have to live this way. But he said, I'm just afraid in my community. So how can we remove that fear? The uh, Another possibility that I would love to um, implement is a, to launch a task force. And these are with key stakeholders together to create and implement a plan of action because every community in our city is different. And there are different um, communities of citizens that we need to find out more about their living conditions. What's the quality of life there? And, and to bring on an action plan. Also, I would love, and I love data to be able to um, gauge where we're heading, getting a, uh, a baseline to where's our goal heading. And that's a data management system. And can we have this data management system that can assist us in targeting crime? And even traffic violations and effectively allocating our resources, making certain that we have delivery of service 
that's effective in all areas of our city. The other is a business liaison that I think that is very important that our businesses, small or large, have the same service, excellence of service in our community with a, a business liaison that's talking with our business leaders about crime, about what can we do to bring on more safety. And the only way we can do that is hear the voices of our business leaders and have that bridge, that liaison uh, bridging into our task force. And we, there's many, there are a couple of other things I'd love to look into is that personal personnel retention of making sure that we have effective and high quality police officers, but also that they have a successful career and can afford to raise a family yes. as they so choose. And they're and looking at the pay scale, the healthy work environment. I mean, the list goes on that we uh, need to to take a look at and assess. And then we've got technology that is can't, we can't get away from it. And so if we can look at secure securing federal and state dollars to purchase needed technology to assist our officers in their crime reduction efforts, I am very willing to do that and work with the, uh, the police department. All great information. Thank you for educating us on that. I want to segue now into my next talking point because you know, we know crime reduction is so important. And I love how you have been able to talk about how the education system and early childhood interventions and things like that can really help to have a positive reduction on crime. But I want to talk about we want to have a safer community. We want to have a safer community because we want this to be a place in which you want to raise your families, where you have opportunities to work and to play and to enjoy. We have been talking about this in various podcasts. And so I want to talk, I want you to talk to us about the importance of family values. The importance of family values, you have, you are a mom of three adult children now. You are the grandmother to eight grandchildren. And this is a community in which you want your grandchildren to live and work and play. You know, you want them to be able to stay in, in South Louisiana. And I just want you to talk to us about family values and what does that really mean for you? And Skip, as you guys have raised your three successful children. Well, you know, raising a family is not easy all the time because you just want so much for your children. You want the best for them. And as you, as a mom and dad work together to raise a family, you learn every day something new and how can we instill better values within your children and that they can carry on a legacy. And uh, we know as a family, we have strong faith values. We love God. And we made sure that our children love God and love all people. And I, I want to tell you that as I've been visiting with residents and even attending different churches of faith, the ministers of these congregations and also people of their churches have talked much about family values, which I found so, so intriguing and so heartfelt that they're wanting the same as me, the same as you, same as you, Vera, like you want yeah. the best. And these moms and dads are saying, we want the best for our children. We want our children to be raised a church where they can love God, love all people and, and have a good spiritual relationship. 
there. But and it also goes beyond the spiritual relationship. It goes with character traits. What character traits do you have, children? You need to have integrity. You need to be honest and kind, but also have the grit and the courage to go out there and do something, whether it's playing sports that they all love to do, but they still have to be kind and have integrity while they're playing sports. It, it just, wherever, we told them, wherever you go, you bring these values with you. If you're going to a party, you're bringing the value of respect, being polite with them, and appropriate language. We've talked about have this appropriate language, but you can also laugh and have so much fun. But learn to serve others. Be Surround yourself with positive people. Then when you're out in the community, civic organizations, you're free to participate in those organizations and being engaged because you want to serve, serve your city above self to be participants in the city as Skip and I have done. We love service work. And in our homes, we had chores for our children and they had to share. They had to carry out their duties and we taught them this is where work begins, teaching them how to uh, help support the family because you live in this home. This is part of who we are. And so those things worked out. But most of another great value was teaching them the work ethics to prepare them for their education, because if they were able to comply and do a good work in the home, it carried over into their education and had amazing schools, amazing teachers to work through and help educate them. And that was a, a value. I had that value from my parents who my dad only had, I mean, like not even a first grade education, only knew how to write his name and to my mom having a seventh grade education. So they valued education. Everything meant so much to them that I would, they were determined all four of their children were going to get high school diplomas and we all did. So we were very, very blessed and fortunate to have parents that valued education, which helped me to value education. And that's how I ended up where I am as an educator. So I will add this in being someone that married into the family. So one thing, if you know anything about the Holloways, is they are very structured and very disciplined. And that did not just happen overnight. That happened when Seth, Shay, and Simone, Miss Sandy's children, were very young. And Miss Sandy probably structured her home life on a calendar just like she did her classroom. <laughs> and so the kids learn from such a young age this the skills of self-discipline and structure and how to be a part of a team. And their team was their family and how they were all had responsibilities. I can remember when I first started dating Seth, he he was talking about like how he had been washing his own clothes since he was about, you know, 13 or 14 years old. And I was just like so moved by that. I was like, wait, you wash your own clothes when you were young, like when you were still in high school? And he's like, yeah, of course. He's like, because my mom works full time, my dad works full time and everybody else has to help out. So we like conquer and divide. And I'm like, wow. Wow. Okay. So, but I mean, that's a simple, small example, but what it does is it breeds leaders. And I can guarantee you that if Miss Sandy structured her classroom in a successful way, she structured her home life in a, in a very successful way and raised solid children, she's going to put that much effort, attention, and time into doing that with the city. I have no doubt in my mind. But let me say one more thing. Let <laughs> 
please don't let Seth fool you. He still expected me to fix his lunch every day until he was a senior in high school. Yeah, yeah. To have yeah. his lunch because I made the best lunches, not he was fooling me, right? Right, right, <laughs> right. You were making a, you know, a turkey sandwich, but it was so, so much good. better if mom made it than, yeah, than if he did it. Yeah, Seth was always learning um, from a young age how to delegate his, um, that's true, his, the tasks that he did not like, mm -hmm. and find someone who he could pump up and make sure they did it for him. So I want to dive into the next the next point, which is we want to highlight some things that have been happening in the campaign this week. And then we also want to give any announcements about some really important things that are coming up. The campaign trail highlight of this week is quite exciting. On Wednesday, October 19th, we'll be at the Swanner Softball uh, Field at 6. Uh, they're celebrating 50 years of Title IX and it's an evening that we're really looking forward to. So we congratulate the, uh, the girls team there. The other event that we're attending is the Bayou Community Foundation Gala Nichols. So um, they do so much philanthropic for our uh, area region and we're supporting this. That is on Thursday, October 20th. And we continue with our community group meetings and door knocking this week, meeting residences and prep for our early voting next week, early voting October 25th. So please go out and vote. One other um, important announcement that I'm really excited to announce is that on October 24th at 5.30 p.m., the Lafouche Alliance for Good Government and Nichols College of Business are hosting a public forum for candidates running for Thibodeau City Council, District C, followed by candidates for mayor on October 24th, which is next Monday at 5.30. It will be on the campus of Nichols State University in the Ridley Grove Auditorium slash Powell Hall. Okay, so that wraps up our episode six of the podcast. Once again, thank you for following us on social media and thank you for continuing to listen to our content week after week. I love seeing how many times the show gets downloaded. I love seeing people message me or, you know, ask our campaign team like, hey, I didn't see that podcast up there. Is it up there yet? So we are regularly posting content every Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. So continue to look out for that. And once again, if you have any questions, let us know. Submit us that. We will be more than happy to cover that topic on the podcast.